As a sales manager, you are judged by the performance of your team and you're praised when they do well. But one thing that you've not been able to figure out is how to get everyone on your team consistently hitting quota every single month. On the Snack Size Sales Podcast, we discuss the science of selling STEM. Sales leadership in the science, technology, engineering, and manufacturing fields is difficult. You will learn from sales managers just like you that will give you actionable insights and tips on how to develop as a leader and achieve your revenue targets every single month. So pop your headphones in and get ready to listen to my guests today. They will give you information and inspiration to ensure that you have actionable insights that you can put into place today. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Science of Selling STEM. Today, I have Greg with me. How are you, Greg? I'm doing fantastic. How are you doing? I'm doing lovely. Let me tell you a bit about Greg. He is the executive VP of sales and marketing at the Harloff Companies. He has over 20 years of technical and clinical sales management experience, and he currently works for Harloff as the EVP of sales. So how in 20 years did you go from starting out to where you are today? Well, I, th- I think a lot of us, you know, you picture in college or in high school that, you know, sales is the guy in the plaid jacket trying to uh, sell a car to your parents. And uh, sales is never the thing when you ask a 15 or 16 year old kid, hey, what do you want to be when you grow up? And, you know, I got involved in it mainly through some recommendations through some friends I knew and mainly because of my ability to just be kind of a leader and a mentor with different things through college. But quite honestly, I fell upon it. And um, I think as we all take our time and and resurrect through it, you look back on those days and you're like, wow, you know, a hundred things could have gone a different direction and I probably would have been something completely different. I'm a failed engineer. I uh, started off as an engineer in college and uh, couldn't handle it. So uh, moved on to a business economics degree and uh, ended up where I am today. But a lot of it ended up just, you know, you start off your career and, you know, you hear all the times do something you love, enjoy what you do. And and for me, it wasn't so much the product when I started, it was the understanding, the learning and the development. And, you know, I started off with a a fantastic consumer product company uh, with the Gallo Winery and had the opportunity to develop myself both as a sales expert and and more importantly, as a manager and a mentor of uh, younger salespeople. And I think, you know, as you accelerate through your career, one thing you find out is, A, you don't know everything. And no matter how good you think you are, especially I always found it was that late 20s, early 30s that you think you've got it all figured out, you never do. So I spent some time with them, multiple promotions, different positions, uh, and then left and really wanted to challenge myself outside of, you know, kind of the consumer beverage industry to going into something that was a little bit more technical or clinical and got lucky and got on with a company called Boston Scientific. They recruited me away from Gallo and started my medical career. And, um, you know, it really was a challenge to take your sales to the next level. And I always challenge people to say, hey, you know, you can always get better either at your craft with your current position or challenge yourself to try to sell a more technical or clinical product. In my case, I went clinical. And it 
really was a challenge because when you sit down with a physician that spent, you know, eight, 10 years in school to become this physician, and you're talking with them about changing the way they treat their patients or changing the way they do their practice, it really challenges you to become an expert and to understand the process you know, I, I love these, uh, quite honestly, they drive me nuts, these salespeople that call you and they have their canned presentation. And it just really gets at me. I'm like, they don't even know what they're trying to do. They just read a script. And, and, and I always challenge people that if that's what you're doing, you'll never be successful. That is not sales. That is uh, acting um, pretty much is all it is. So, you know, getting into medical really challenged me to take it to the next level because you know, when you're sitting down with a physician and you're talking patients' lives and you're talking opportunity to change the way they do their practice, it completely changes, A, the quality of education you need for yourself in the product, but also in the way you have empathy with what the physician is starting to do. You know, when you're selling a, a widget to a store that may sell it to somebody, you know, that's walking in the store, that's one thing. But when you're selling to somebody that is going to change the way they, they perform with their patients or they perform with their business, that's when you have to step up and take it to the next level. And so that was a big step for me in, in my ability to be more professional and to understand the process from start to finish and to really dig in more from a, a questioning understanding. And uh, I've always found I've been much better at relationship track sales where when I mean that, I mean, you know, I've, I've done the sales where it's, you know, you, you go in, get it done and you never see the person again versus where you build a long term relationship with the account or with the physician or the hospital or the group or whatever it happens to be. And those to me are, are much more satisfying because they enable you to change and grow and develop within that group or within that facility uh, to take it to the next level. So after I left the medical world, I had a great opportunity to take a small business, develop the sales team, the marketing team, the business development team. And we grew it from a very small group to a very successful process, went through the private equity business, which is a whole new sale in itself. Uh, I recommend everybody do it at least once because uh, you'll learn a heck of a lot. And then uh, ended up going back into medical after we were successful with that process. Um, we got back in with a bunch of smaller companies, some startups and some things. Uh, was successful. Um, played my first game in a publicly traded company, which was a whole nother experience that is fantastic to be a part of. Don't know if I'd really go back into that in, that part of the world. Uh, there's uh, Sometimes uh, it's more about the stock price than success. And uh, those of you that are in it probably understand what I'm saying. And uh, currently, I'm, I'm, once again, nice little small company, family owned, uh, opportunity to uh, get some experience and grow it and develop. But we've had a fantastic success over the last couple of years. And, you know, I'm in a great position. I've uh, been successful enough in my career because of a lot, because of the people I've worked with and the teams I've built to be in a position where I truly get to enjoy what I do, knowing that I don't have to be here. I enjoy being here. So it's a completely different aspect. And uh, I always recommend there's a saying that says, you know, do what you love. And you'll never work in a day in your life. I disagree with that to a point because <laughs> I've loved a lot of jobs, but they've always had stress and applications. But in the end, if you are enjoying it, it makes your ability to be successful much greater than if you don't. So you've definitely had a very fruitful career. You went from small company to huge company, publicly traded company, private equity. I mean, all of these different types of companies. And you mentioned yep. that at a public traded company yep. that it's all about the stock price, right? Yep. 
So question to you, when you compare yourself as a salesperson or as a sales leader in those different facets, give us a, a little nugget about how you can be successful in each world, even though you have may have different bosses to answer to or different yeah. um, core competencies. Yeah, I, I think whether it's sales or management or marketing or business development or any of those things, I, I always believe your talents are, I always tie everything back to athletics, mainly because I, I enjoyed athletics in my youth. Give me a fantastic athlete and I can make them fit in a sport. You know, you can take Michael Jordan and yeah, he wasn't a the best baseball player ever, but he was a heck of a good baseball player, an amazing basketball player. And what my point is, is don't get pigeonholed into a product or an industry. I think far too many people, whether they're themselves or they're hiring, you know, I've seen people say, no, 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 I've got to have somebody that's been in this industry before, understands this. Now, I get that to a point if you need a quick success, if you need something fast and quick over the next six or nine months to hire that person that's got the contacts and got the abilities, great, I get that. But I've found in my career, Give me the rock star. Give me the person that's hungry, that wants to go out and be successful and has the desire to learn and develop. You can teach anybody in industry. You know, heck, I have no medical background. And, you know, I was, you know, in three months sitting down with physicians and having in-depth clinical conversations. But you can't teach the ability to be successful in whether it's sales or marketing or management or whatever it is. Those are kind of innate in the person. Now, you can develop them. You can get them better. But... Get always tell people, don't be pigeonholed. If, if you're trying to go to the next position, don't say, well, if I'm in energy or, you know, I'm in software, I got to stick in that because I don't know anything else. Challenge yourself, take that opportunity or get with a company that has multiple different aspects so you can learn and grow because you learn so much more being from other areas and it helps you grow and develop as a person. And it quite honestly kind of makes life a lot more fun. I wouldn't want to be stuck in Although I love the beverage industry right out of college, I wouldn't want to stuck in that industry for my whole career. So, you know, it just enables you to go to that point. And at the same point, when you're hiring people, don't be afraid if you find a person who's a rock star, but oh my gosh, they have no experience in X. Well, if you're good and you're a good manager and you've got good training, you can teach them that industry, but you can't teach them to be a fantastic salesperson. You can coach them and develop them and get them better, but that's kind of an innate ability. So that, that would be the one thing with all these different backgrounds I've had that I've learned is that those things, you know, grow and develop completely independent of the industry. I love it. And, you know, one thing that I say often, and I say it often on the podcast is, Stop hiring your competitors' rejects. That's what I say people are doing when they stick within the industry. Because what you see is you see that one person bounce around every two years because we know what, what happens in sales. You get in, they give you a little rope, you run out yeah. the pipeline, then you look for another job and you're gone. And then yep. you talk yourself up and you go to the next company. And so when people are so inside the box and they must have, you have to hit all, check all these boxes, yep. you put yourself in such a little pool. And at the end of the day, what you said is true. Sales skills, those strong sales skills, those are really hard to teach. You can be an insurance salesperson and come into the medical device industry and do really well because our product is good and we have the smart people to teach you the product, right? Yep. And that's what so many people miss in hiring salespeople. I love what you said because yep. I think that that is the key that so many people miss and what it does a disservice to the organization. Absolutely. 
So tell me about, you mentioned that you, um, when you left college, you were in the beverage industry and then you transitioned into something a bit more technical. Mm -hmm. What did you do to really get up to speed transitioning from a completely different industry as a salesperson? Yeah, I think first thing you have to do is, believe you me, I was scared. I was selling, you know, jug wine to a grocery store and now I'm sitting in a, uh, I'll never forget when I went through my interview, they send you in the field and I'm in a OR doing a procedure, looking, you know, at a video screen inside somebody's body going, what the heck am I doing here? I do not belong here. But what it taught me was that, you know what, if you put your mind to something, if you have the desire and the energy that you can be successful. Now, part of that is I had some great mentors. I had an amazing trainer who taught me immense amounts as part of my training process with Boston Scientific. But I also continued to learn. And I learned not only from people you know, that I worked with, but I learned by asking questions with my accounts. And those are the doctors and the nurses and everything else. And I find the best advice I ever give people, whether you're looking for a mentor or you're in your industry, if you truly want to learn and you ask people to be a part of that learning, even if they're an account, as long as they know you're not asking that just to get the sale, if you're truly wanting to grow and develop that questions and those questions you can ask are invaluable. I remember multiple times sitting down with a physician, talking during a procedure or post-procedure and asking him questions about things that had nothing to do with my product. It wouldn't have helped me advance my sales number one bit, but it did two things. A, it taught me and it made me more valuable to other facilities and other physicians. But what it showed those physicians or those nurses or whatever else it was, is that I wanted to understand. I didn't want to be the guy that could tell you just about what I sold. I wanted to understand the whole process. And that goes into take it out of medical. That goes into my, my time in, in the petroleum industry or the transportation industry or any of the other major industries I've been in is if you sit down and you talk with an engineer or the head of a business and you ask true questions, not the typical cheesy questions that you know you read in the sales books to get them into your product, but you know if you ask them questions that make sense. Now, I always find that's easier if after you have a relationship and you're doing business with them, but I've found multiple times where I may have five, 10% of the business with a, or my team does with an account, and we go in there and start understanding what they do completely you know, innocent of trying to create additional sales. And the fact that you are actually interested in their business or their, or their practice or whatever it happens to be really changes how they look at you. And I always find when I'm coaching and teaching my team, that's one of the biggest things I do is, hey, get to understand them, get to know them, get to understand what they do and what they need. Because down the road, once you understand so much of their business, you become a part of their team versus just a salesperson. And I think that's a big thing that a lot of people don't take the time to do. Yeah, you know, when I am working with companies and we develop a, the sales onboarding plan, one of the first things that I have the new salespeople do is go sit down with some existing customers and say, I'm the new kid on the block. 
I don't know anything. What don't you like about the company? How are you using our product? How are you using our service? I want to learn. And again, as a new person, they really don't take offense to that. And one thing that we all know is everybody loves talking about themselves, especially yes. smart people. So these engineers, these scientists, these doctors that we're calling on, they'll talk about themselves for hours and hours. And so you're showing that you're taking an interest in them and you really don't know anything about your product anyways. So it's really hard for you to try to sell. And so it really does come off genuine. And when Absolutely. they do that within the first 30 days, those key customers that they're developing that relationship with, they get so much more business and they're in their back pocket. They're calling them when they need something. Yep. And so really helping the salespeople understand that from the gate is so important. Yep, absolutely. And you'll learn things that outside of your product may affect the industry you're selling into. And it just makes you more knowledgeable. Knowledge is power and understanding what's going on is power. And again, you can't take a canned presentation and throw at somebody and ever expect to be successful in the sales industry. Absolutely. Like I can talk about that forever because when I, when we do demos or proposals or presentations, it's like three features specific to the problems that the client has said that they're having, yeah. not a feature dump. Like nobody cares about the million things you, you can do. Right. Like one question is, did you know that you, there's a compass on your iPhone? Uh-huh, but how does that actually help me when all I want to do is take pictures of my kids? You know what I mean? Like, I don't care about that. I'm not going yep. into the woods. It's, that's exactly what we do as salespeople. We feature dump all of the crap that we think yep. is important to them without understanding the customer. Yep, absolutely. So in your current role, you were kind of brought in on the ground level to start building out a sales process and a sales team. So yep. when somebody is new in their position and they have this, I call this like this blue ocean to do whatever they yep. want, how do they get started? What are some of the things that they can do to be successful? Well, I think you hit on one of the best ones is, you know, unless it's a brand new product that nobody's ever seen and companies never existed before, most times when you start a position, you have current customers. And those are the best. And if you go in and act just like you said, hey, I want to understand how you use my product, what you like, what you don't like, what we can do better. And if you're asking questions in that form, what can we do better for you? It changes the aspect of you and you learn a lot. I think the other thing is, is understand the industry. Don't just go in and ask questions about what your product does. If you're selling, we talked about iPhone. If you're selling an iPhone or a system and everything else, well, what else do you use it for? Are you tracking it on your vehicles? What And get to understand the business. Now, in some industries, that's tough because you may sell to a hundred different types of other industries. And so it's more difficult if you think. But I find in a lot of categories, you know, most companies sell in a fairly specific area and understanding not only what they like and dislike about your product and your company, but what else applications are they using it with and doing it with can really help. I also find the other thing else is if you have the opportunity, explore the rest of the company. I always found, whether it was in the technical products or the clinical products, you could get a ton of information about what was going on with your product and quite honestly down the road and sometimes what your competitors are doing by getting to know everybody. I mean, you know, just because you sell to the engineering group doesn't mean you can't go talk to the production manager. Doesn't mean you can't go out and sit and talk with a purchasing person and find out what's going on because the more you know, the better you'll always be. And it's, it's, you know, education never ends. And when I say that, I don't mean go back and get another MBA or get a doctorate degree. I mean, education in your customers, in the product and what the industry is doing. Because if you quit learning, you will not be successful in your career. 
Absolutely. And you know, one of the things that you said that's so important, and I feel like summing it up is be curious, right? Because your product, you may have sold it to do this one thing. And the doctor, the engineer, the person is using it to do 10 things. And those are new avenues for you to prospect, right? So it's like, wow, I didn't even realize that you could use it for that. And then you say, well, which other one of your colleagues has used it or has tried it or asked about it? And that's another prospect for you, right? And so you don't even realize that relationship that you're building with the customer now. Now, I don't want these salespeople to go out there and start doing this to the prospects, start annoying them too much, right? But really be curious. And the more curiosity you have, and really, again, it's like putting your product to the back of your mind and really thinking about the customer, the person sitting in front of you, what they need, what's important to them, that actually can help you in the long run. Absolutely. And the other thing that it does is if you're talking to customer A and you dig in and find all this information out, it is amazing when you go talk to customer B and you don't bring up you or the company. You say, hey, now as long as they're not competitors, you know, hey, I was over in Texas and you're in now you're in California and this company was using it for this. What do you think about that? Does that make sense? And worst case scenario, they're going to say they're crazy. They have no idea what they're doing, but at least it's a conversation. But probably nine, eight times out of 10, they're going to go, wow, I never thought of it that way. That's a unique thing. And again, sales is about relationships. Sales is about stories and sales is about promoting the opportunity. You're not talking to them as a salesperson. You're talking to them as a liaison between two different companies. And then all of a sudden it's not, especially if you're talking physicians or engineers, I'm not an engineer, but I sold engineers. When I say engineer A is using it for this, All of a sudden, it's not me saying you should use it. It's just saying another one of your colleagues is using it. And then you start that discussion. And again, it's all about making points and working it down the process. Absolutely. And I, you know, I'm a chemist, but I tell people I speak engineers because for the majority of my career, I sell to engineers. And so it doesn't matter what chemists like, it actually matters what engineers like. Speak the language of your customers. So if you're selling to doctors, if you're selling to chemists or mathematicians, you speak their language. What matters to you, it's not important. So you mentioned storytelling, and I think that this is hard in selling these highly complex products. How do you use storytelling in your sales process? Currently right now, because we deal a lot with doctors and nurses and stuff, and I think what's cool in in that ability is hospitals are fantastic because they love stories. They love opportunities. So when we introduce a product or we go out and develop a thing, I always get with my team and, you know, we call it sharing, but quite only it's it's storytelling hour. It's like kindergarten. You know, we got a bunch of kids sitting around a table and they're telling their stories. And what I find is when a story hits and a story connects, um, you know, what it enables you to do is to go and take that story and pass it on to other facilities. So we'll find something that makes a lot of sense that, you know, a facility used it for, a facility's doing with it. And you use that story and explain what's going on. Now, in the medical industry, it's fantastic. You get, you know, some of these big teaching hospitals and stuff, and it enables you to kind of have some clout behind the story. But I can take a small community hospital, and if the story is good, and the story makes sense. And, and, and again, you're not making this stuff up. You're taking what a facility has done after you've done what we discussed, discussing it with them, talking to them, why are they doing this? What's the advantages, everything else. And you take that story and place it on to the next account. And I think everybody, you know, you hit it on the head. Nobody wants a salesperson to come in and feature dump. 
oh, I've got this great X, Y, Z, and it goes boom, 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 and the, their head goes over. It's crazy. I don't know how many salespeople I get that they do that all the time. And it's, listen, go in, have a conversation, ask some basic questions, and then have a story to tell. And once they start understanding that you are truly taking an application from another facility or another engineer or whatever you're talking about and applying it to them, it really goes smoothly. But this goes back to your education. I find, again, unless you're the only sales rep in the company, communication is fantastic because one success and the reason behind that success, not just, hey, I made a, I sold a $500,000 deal, woohoo, no. What did you do? Why did they buy it? And what are they using it for? Because then the story makes sense. And, you know, people love stories. People like the opportunity and that also they can connect to it. And I, you know, if people connect with a sale, this, this is one of my favorite sayings is, you know, if you go in and you sell your widget and that's all you sell is the widget and maybe it's prettier, maybe it's got a better warranty or everything else, but it becomes a price system. It becomes, Hey, who's got the best price on that widget? But if I can tell a story and then make that story their story and why they're going to do it a little different, a little bit better and everything else than the team I'm tell talking about, it becomes their widget. It becomes their story. And all of a sudden, although price is still probably partially important, it's less important because it's their item, it's their desire, it's their system. And those are the kind of things that really make it take to the point. And that, again, is not feature dumping. It's asking the questions, working through the process, and then in the end, like you said, telling the story that fits what they need. I love that. And I think the only thing that I would add is make the prospect, make the client the hero of the story. Because again, they care about themselves and yep. they care about how what you're saying is going to impact them, whether it's make their life easier, save them time, save them money. Yep. But when you go in and I was actually talking with somebody today and they were like, well, Wesleyan, I don't agree with you. If somebody calls in and they say, I want a price quote because it's an emergency and we need it in three days, then we need to send it to them. And I said, no, if you do that, it's going to be a price war. They're going to yep. go feature by feature and say, this is two cents less and we're going there. You have to figure out what's happening behind the scene. And I said, all they have to do is ask a simple question and say, why do you need it so quickly? Oh, because our last vendor backed out or this happened or that happened. And then you yep. listen to what they say and that's the story you give them and you make them the hero of the story, right? Yep. And so storytelling in sales is so important. And again, when we're so technical, our sales are so technical and so like we're always in our brain about yep. the specs and the this and that would drive me crazy, right? All the time. Yep. That doesn't matter. Not at all. So give me, tell me something within your career that is most important or most impactful that you're so proud of. Well, it's not, I'm proud of it. I'm proud that one of the best things I see is I love, I've recruited, I, I, you know, I was, when I was at Gallo, I was the, the state recruiter and I recruited a ton of guys. I trained and, and recruited with Boston Scientific and every one of my companies I've hired and trained and recruited people. And I think the biggest thing that for me personally makes me proud is to A, you know, continue to see the success of those people. I've had people straight out of college. I've had a, one of the most successful guys I know I hired from Best Buy. Um, you know, it's taking those people, those girls and those guys and watching them grow and succeed. Because A, 
if anything I'm proud of, I'm pretty good at identifying talent. Maybe that's my success. But really what it is, is the ability to know that I've helped people get better at what they want to be. In the end, I've had some that I've had to say, this isn't for you. This isn't right. You know, you're not made for this. You should go be something else. And I've had great conversations with that because if you're up and honest and, and doing it, it works great. But I would say the majority of the time, it's watching those that you brought on board, that you have trained and worked with and helped them develop and watching them succeed. I mean, nothing's more fun than a LinkedIn update of a person you recruited 10 years ago and trained and they just got a VP job someplace. I mean, nothing makes me more proud than that. Maybe it's kind of my, you know, now that I have a son, I, I see that's kind of what it is, but maybe that because I got married late and had kids late, maybe those were my early kids to watch them get you know promoted and moved up. But that's probably my favorite thing to see because to me, that's so much more impactful than a big sale or a big, you know, big bonus check or anything like that. It's watching other people get what they deserve out of life. That I would say those are words from a true sales coach, someone who really enjoys seeing the people that they've worked with maybe exceed them. And I always say that to be a true sales leader, sales coach, sales mentor, sales manager, that's what you should desire for each one of your salespeople. If they achieve more success than you, that means that you did something right. And Absolutely. it seems like that is what you hang your hat on. And I know that anybody that you touch, whether now in five years or 10 years, they're going to be impacted by the way that you lead. Exactly. No, I couldn't agree more. That's what a leader and a coach, you know, I always say the title manager is simply giving you that title. It doesn't give you respect. It doesn't give you ability. And it sure as heck doesn't give you the right to do anything besides what that title does. It's taking that opportunity to develop and grow the, the people. And once that happens, and if you're good at that, the company is going to be successful no matter what. That is awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much for all of your insight, your gems, your wisdom today, Greg. I greatly Anytime. appreciate it. If yep. people want to get in contact with you, what is the one best way? Um, you know, probably hit me up on LinkedIn or, you know, my, my email is just my full name at gmail.com if you want to talk to personal, but LinkedIn's probably the best way. You know, and again, I always find I'm always willing if somebody truly wants to understand things and learn and coach. That to me, nothing can be more rewarding than watching that person be successful, that truly that's what they're asking and reaching out to do. Absolutely. And you know, I live by the premise that someone helped me get to where I am today. And so my plight in life is to help pull somebody else up. So if it's a phone call, a recommendation, help that they need. And so again, like I said, spoken from a true sales mentor, coach, and leader. Thank you again so much for your time. Absolutely. Have a fantastic day. Alrighty, and that was another episode of The Science of Selling. Please rate us, send me a, drop me a note, send me an email or a LinkedIn message. Let me know how you're enjoying this season of the podcast. We changed our name. We're now talking all about The Science of Selling. Until next time, and everything you do, transform your sales. Thank you for joining us today on the Snack-Sized Sales Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, subscribe and leave us a review. Learn how to continue increasing your bottom line by getting simplified sales strategies delivered to your inbox weekly by going to www.snacksizedsales.com. Trust me, your bank account will grow. 
and love you.